over 20 seconds to begin the first uh, second half. Well, it really was. I've taken a sip of my water and suddenly they're having a chance but Vancouver game. For breaking soccer news, for insight that excels, for expert analytics, you better go somewhere else. Portland Bay Soccer Podcast. Enjoy it now, cause it probably won't last. Pitches, poop, they cover it all. Discuss everything except football. Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast. All right. Welcome to episode 56, season 3, episode 12, if you're counting, of the Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast. My name is Jonathan, and I'm coming to you from northeast portland hey guys it's josh i'm back from my month-long vacation of fun and i am coming to you from pretty much hell on earth westland it's like a hundred and something degrees right now and it's horrible and this is greg coming to you from the soggy bottom welcome back josh oh soggy bottom tell tell me more Oh, we talked about it when you weren't here. Don't worry. God Nobody damn it. knows what yeah, the soggy yeah, bottom yeah. is. This is Randy. I'm here to have a bad time from Northeast Portland. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm Randy popping kids balloons in Northeast Portland. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who are listening and expecting to hear the, the soul-crushing voice of Randy uh, and I would say mood killer extraordinaire... He is on vacation this uh, this do you, episode. Doing do you think something. anyone wants to really hear his voice? Um, I I don't know. Maybe coming up in this episode, we've got a beer review for Mister Mark and only Mark, so everybody else can skip past it because it's not for you. We got a recaps of the Vancouver and San Jose matches. Talk about the transfer window. Maybe some reader mail and feedback, and we'll make our Minnesota and Nashville incorrect predictions. Oh, yay. Josh, I, why don't you yeah. tell us about a, a, an alcoholic beverage review for Mark? So we went to the whiskey library last Tuesday and mm-hmm. I had an alcoholic beverage. Who it was, who was we? Beer. Me and Jonathan and Greg and Randall, he showed up late. Greg couldn't find parking and had to take some kind of scooter. I parked in some weird parking lot like a mile and a half away. And Jonathan is rich for now. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what what mode of transportation. I I took a scooter. Uh, I I scooted. Scooter and then I drove you back. Yeah, that's correct. All right. I'll take it. Okay. So I had. We went to the whiskey library, which is filled with the world's best whiskeys, and I had a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what it was, but it was shit. It so was a that's my side. review. It was a pale from Breakside. <laughs> did you shit side. what 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 floral notes did you get from the beverage? It, it tasted like I'd rather have had a Coors Light. It tasted like super hoppy, and it I didn't want it, and I just I, – the water was yeah. really good, and the bread was really good, and all the food was really good, but not so good on the beer. You know, maybe I won't go to the whiskey library anymore and order beer. 
I but if you ordered whiskey, you would die. So I oh, I would fully die. Yeah, that was. Yeah. It was fun to hang out, all four of us. And that's the first time all four of us has have hung out together since the since the backyard debacle that we had in terms of recording uh, <laughs> where I was way too drunk to be representing anyone other than myself. That was a full two years ago. The backyard sessions happened. Wow. Holy that was a full two the backyard years sessions. Two years and 30 pounds ago. Yeah, to, uh, be, be honest, that's ninety pounds ago. Um, the uh, it's funny how much Randy doesn't actually like anyone or anything, and uh, he actually enjoyed himself at the whiskey library. Yeah, you remember he even laughed he at some of my jokes. Do you remember what Randy he, ordered? He had. We tried to go all over the spectrum. I think we all had an old fashioned. Then he ordered some like Rudy cocktail, and then he had an old. No, he had the Weller 12 because I had the old That's Fitz right. 17. Yeah. You, uh, you had, had the brown a, spot, Greg? I had the red spot, fine Irish whiskey. Yeah, he had a red a spot. delight. Ooh. The, that old-fashioned was killer. And this is an interesting story for folks. This is kind of – Mark, this story isn't specifically for you anymore because it's now about us. But – so we sit down at this exclusive table waiting for Randy to get there. And the server comes over and she's like, isn't your last name Donnelly? Looking at Greg and we're all like, oh, <laughs> shit. Look at Greg. Turns out Greg's a full-time professional alcoholic and uh, also used to drink at the Pope House. Um, and uh, the server had changed jobs and uh, and moved over to the whiskey library. So good, good on you, Greg. Yep. She asked me if I've gotten to my second horseshoe yet. And I'm like, nope, barely scratched the surface on that one. Uh, but yeah, it was really good to see her. She was fantastic. Uh, God damn it. Now we got to do a ding. ding. Where, are we at? Where are we at in time? 820. God damn it. Just change it to fantastic and everything will be fine. Fantastic. So the other story that happened is Josh uh, wanted to steal one of the knives from the whiskey library <laughs> as apparently they're very fancy. And then I think in retrospect, did you lose your own? Yeah, I lost my own custom bench made knife. I think it was like four or $500. I'm really sad. Wow. Josh was like the uh, shitty uncle in home alone where they're on the plane. He's like, Oh, the salt shake is real crystal. Put, 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 put it in, in your, your bag, purse. put it in your bag, put it in your purse. <laughs> yeah. Well, Josh, that's what you get yeah. for. That's what I get. I don't know. Yep, for going to L.A. Someone has a really nice long. knife with my name on it. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it's someone named Racist Josh because then it'll be yeah. perfect. Um, they're, but they're gonna do a uh, murder with it, and the cops will come knocking on your door. Uh, we found your knife at the scene. Yeah. <laughs> did no, someone do a Josh. murder with it? Yeah. <laughs> what? He did the kill. Let's. He did the kill. Let's get to the games. This is stupid. Yeah. What? God damn it, Greg. All right, fine. So game reviews. And Josh, as you were gone, you've missed the part where we now have what we call accountability and we do some predictions. So let's discuss the Portland uh, Portland versus Vancouver. The 1-1 tie. So Randy predicted it would be a 3-1 win. I predicted it would be a 4-0 win. Greg predicted it would be a 4-1 to one win. And Josh predicted motorcycles so all of us were 
dumb and had it wildly incorrect. The the we were all riding on the high, I imagine, of uh, some some excellent matches, and it honestly looks scary to the point where we may not get anything from said match, and then it ended up working out to where we were able to at least get a tie. Josh and I were in attendance at the match. Greg, were you there? I sure was. Really? What were you doing? Where Where were you? I'm yeah. always in 106. You weren't there. You, you were going to that match. Yeah. yeah. I got here. I got back in time, bitches. So I went up to uh, Ballard, Washington to watch the final match of PDXFC's season. Uh, that was brutal. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, that match kickoff was at two. It ended at four. We immediately hopped in the car, busted ass down, got dropped off right at the gates of Providence Park. And I was inside the gates in 106 by 7, 12 p.m. In Why is this the kickoff. first we are hearing of this? Yeah, it's, not, it's the first you're hearing of this because you've been out of state. I've been back Josh was at the game with me. Yeah. Oh, well, this... I did the Cascadia run. So screw you guys. I win. I, I just don't I, like no, you. No, I think, I think you lose. <laughs> you lost, actually. Yeah. So this is fun. Me and Brianna went out with our friends Tyler and Lauren for Tyler's birthday. This is the day before. And we met this random dude who was in town from Santa Cruz who was a sports writer. And he uh, was like, hey, if you're going to be in town, you should go to the game. I got an extra ticket. So um, he met up with me and uh, with Josh. And we went and had a beer outside at Civic Tap Room before the game, which was awesome. Josh got one cider and was legit hammer, which was really funny. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, we enjoyed the match from the, the top of Key Bank Club where uh, it was it was a it was a really good match to watch. It was I have to say. Even with the one-one tie, of course, uh, I, I was happy because we were down one to nothing and we rallied. But I think we have to start talking about uh, Alias Ivicic and how good is he actually becoming? He is growing into his role. Uh, we'll get to just how amazing he is when we get to the San Jose match. I mm, think. Stick to the program. Stick to the program. <laughs> so, was there? I mean, one of the things I wanted to say from that match was it was very clear that there was some creativity lacking with Williamson not being on the field. And it there were just passes that weren't clicking. And unfortunately, Blanco, I mean, he just looked like not like he was with it in that uh, in that match. Does anyone anyone remember? I completely yeah, Bl- agree with you. Blanco's oh, in a funk. He's had several matches in a row where he's just not connecting. He's not hitting those passes. Uh, we all stood up and cheered and went, oh, my God, Blanco's amazing when he hit that cross to Nizgoda against Seattle. And, yep, that that's the Blanco we know and we expect. But since Seattle, he's been off. I don't know what it is. Yeah, well, we can talk about him again in the San Jose game because he wasn't in it. But the but – I always hate being a homer when it comes to, uh, you know, the referees, but I feel like that's two more matches in a row. And we'll talk about San Jose where it just, it wasn't good. It's not consistent. Like we're not getting the right calls that we're supposed to be getting. And we're getting calls against us that are awful, awful calls against us. Like I didn't understand half of those calls and why they were, I wish I took notes, but I didn't. And I didn't well, watch. That's because you were drunk recap, on cider. So. 
Mmm, cider. Uh, the yeah. refing was, yeah, it was straight up bad. It was inconsistent. It was utter shit. And I can't find it. Here it is. I just found it on Reddit. One of the questions from Browntoe98. Hey, Browntoe, thanks for listening. Uh, his question was, how many yellow cards these last games? And the answer to that is, we don't know. We don't do journalism, Brown Toe. Sorry. Yeah. Jo- oh, but my God. It was a lot. A I, I, yeah. I need to get on the internet real quick and look and see what the, the amount of yellow cards. It was, no, there was bad. And there is, there. I wrote this clearly in the moment, but I didn't put any context. And I wrote penalty in all caps where clearly there should have been a call, like some type of penalty call that I don't remember the exact circumstances. But it just feels like every game at home is a home game from the fan perspective, but not a home game from the referee perspective. And I don't even want to get bad calls in our favor. I just want to get consistency of it not being against us. Wasn't that penalty call in the second half in the North end. And I don't, I know exactly what you're talking about with it. I just don't remember what it was. And then right after that, we got a bullshit call in a card. Does anyone remember? I remember the penalty. I don't remember the bullshit call in the card, but it checks out like thinking about the rest of the match. Yeah. 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 Okay. <clears throat> it, in the grand scheme of the match, clearly this is now a couple of weeks ago, so it's difficult to, to go back and try to remember all the specifics, but the important thing being the result of a one, one draw, we're still in the lead for the Cascadia Cup, which is awesome. I almost said the magic word that would have to require a ding. But there was some what word interesting. Is that? Fantastic. Fantastic. Oh! The, word the word's fantastic. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Uh, Greg, I believe you had a very interesting story regarding a friend and Merritt Paulson. And it does not end I... in the restroom. I do. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it is the log ceremony uh, just ended. The players are coming off. I guess Merritt finally like grew the cojones to come out and start shaking the hands of the players down in front of the stage again. Because if you guys remember, he's been like hiding in the tunnel for the longest yeah. time, not showing his yep. dumb, ugly face. And he's down there. And a bunch of people start chanting, sell the club, sell the club. And he just kind of like looks up with a smug like, meh, and like shakes his head no with this big energy like, nah, I don't feel like it kind of attitude. And my friend Matt and I, hey, what's up, Matt? He's standing next to me screaming. We're in the third row and he screams down at Merritt. And as he's screaming at him, like Merritt finds who is and they're like looking each other dead in the eye and Matt says to him, this isn't your club. It doesn't belong to you. And Merritt just goes, yeah, it does. <laughs> it's like, well, it does. oh, man, Merritt Paulson is such a chode. And oh, yeah. I, 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 it bums me out because he didn't, I guess he kind of always was a chode, but at least he was a fun owner at the same time as being a chode. And, you know, now that he's protecting abusers and uh, whatnot, it's, uh, it's, it's clearly a problem, but uh, it's, it's like interactions like that, that would have been funny 
three years ago if it wasn't about what we're you know what we're talking about but i i hope he sells this club he can make a ton of money he can walk away uh and then not have to um you know worry about what people are saying about him where he has to cancel his twitter account and then we can all just get back to being supporters of the portland timbers yeah morasonic's not on the air right now but in honor of them i'm gonna channel my inner pat and do my best to do an impression of him when talking about this so here we go look billionaires are scumbags we all know that billionaires are scumbags and most owners of sports clubs are billionaires therefore they're all scumbags you know what does this exchange surprise anybody? No, of course Merritt thinks it's his club. Should he think anything else? No, he absolutely should not. The important thing is just to find what about this club brings you joy. If it doesn't bring you joy, then don't go to matches, don't support the club. But, you know, whatever. It's par for the course. It's what we can expect from a scumbag billionaire. Ah, that well, was that's actually pretty dead on. A, yeah, pretty decent representation. If anyone who is using you should be the on more Sonic. Sonic Twitter... Yeah, if you're going to be on the, the Twitter handle, then uh, then you should let them know that we we reference them, and we would like their grade on your representation of their style. Yep, and now I'm going to give you my starting eleven for breeds of chickens. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, who is the fighting cock? <coughs> uh, I accidentally muted myself. I didn't mean to. Anyway, here we go. Yes. Um, I'm going to give you guys probably an unpopular take. A lot of the medias and the Twitter verses and stuff were absolutely livid that Portland could not earn a full three points against Vancouver at home. And while, yeah, we probably should have Vancouver's terrible this year. Providence Park historically, though not in recent years, has been a fortress for us. We should have found a way to get all three points. I was honestly not pissed at the one one result. We still mathematically knocked Vancouver out of the Cascadia Cup runnings. We still continued our unbeaten run. It wasn't great, but I wasn't upset with it. Uh, To quote a chant I like to do sometimes, we just got a point. We just got a point. Could be better. Could be worse. We just got a point. Anybody else similarly? I feel the same as you because like, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier in the season where it took a tie wasn't a good result because we were losing and getting ties. Now we're winning and getting ties. And that was a come from behind tie to get a point back as opposed to being up one to nothing or two to one and then losing it in or getting a tie like in the last like 10 minutes of the game. So uh, this felt like we got something as opposed to giving something away. See, I, I, I feel a little different. I feel that we're in the second half of the season. I know one point is still a point, but we need three points every game or as many games as possible. Josh, because I know that you are an astute student of the sport that is football, what did the Timbers need on the day to earn those three points that we did not have? A different ref. I mean, like I hated us. You may not be wrong. We had some weird calls. Uh, I'll he, say Eric Williamson. I, I agree with I, that. I think he. Uh, I I definitely agree that Eric Williamson was the catalyst that we needed in the midfield to really connect some uh, some some passes and and change the momentum of the game. He's so good at controlling the pace. 
Yeah. Like even our counterattacks when they're slow are with purpose and with intent and controlled when Eric's on the ball. It's it's uncanny how great he is at controlling the pace of the midfield. Okay. Well, all right. Well, why don't we move on from this lovely <laughs> Vancouver uh, Whitecaps match in which we, we gained a Greg point that disappoints on Eric's Josh. I'm what? sorry. Did I, did, I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to smart up this podcast for you guys. I'll, well, I'll it just hey, it took me. Up. Fuck you. Yeah, I said someone. I said Williamson in the beginning. <laughs> Chicken nuggets. Greg's. Yeah, chicken nuggets. Um, Why people talk yeah. all night? <laughs> oh man, Randy's gonna be so mad when this gets published. Um, so the the next match we should discuss is Portland versus San Jose, in which we had oh. a few predictions, uh, not including Josh's. So Randy predicted two to one win. I predicted a three to one win. Greg, who apparently was having some sour sauce, predicted a two to one loss. And Josh predicted that his dad would be annoying. So uh, with this match, Portland has defeated the San Jose Earthquakes two to one. And Randy is, in fact, the winner. Not fair because he went first. And I believe that was Greg's original prediction. So uh, but credit to credit to Randy overall for picking the two to one win. And Josh predicted that his dad is annoying. And I win that one, too. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I guess that's a multiple win. Multiple the que- win the real question is, how many games in history have a team won two to one? It seems like a scoreline that happens all the time. Journalisms. Uh, that is a really good question. I have no idea how you even begin to research that. Probably sports. Do your own research. Is that what you're saying? Do your own research. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this podcast sucks. Yeah, Greg, where did you go? Greg, are I'm there? Here. Are I'm you there, Greg? Let us talk. What do you want? Don't let us talk. Well, I thought, yeah, I thought you were going to talk with us. I thought this was a yeah, group podcast. That's a huge mistake, Greg. Yeah. Hey, I, I said I was sorry for smarting it up. I'm going to slow down and make it dumb for you guys. So, you know, I wasn't at the game, <laughs> but right. I heard Blanco was in the key bank. He was in the key bank club. And did he sit uh, with you? One of the funny stories. Uh, no, he did not. Uh, he so we stood in front of uh, C three, and Blanco was standing in front of section C two with his wife. And the funny part is, so he's like standing behind the black line where anyone who's going to choose to stand has to to be, so you don't like encroach on someone else's seats. And he eventually decided to sit in front, like in the seats in front of him, like in the ADA section. And then people showed up and they didn't know who he was and they made him get out of their seats. It was amazing. (laughs) That was like the guy trying to get us out of his friend's seats. Oh, dude, that was amazing. Yeah, so there was a guy that I thought was a steward who was working the match who came over to check on us in the seats, be like, hey, just FYI, if you're sitting here, if someone with, you know, an actual ADA need is, uh, needs, like, wants the seat, like, you have to get up and go. And as it turns out, it was just some other jackass who sat in that row who's like, these are my friend's seats. Uh, and I was like, cool. And then he spent your the whole match, like, trying to get people to take the seats from us. Yeah. Funny enough, fun. the 
people whose seats those are are actually members in Portland Spurs, which I did not know. But they were in those exact same seats uh, in front of us when we stood for the match against San Jose. Interesting. So, hey, if anyone wants to go hang out in the Key Bank Club and check it out, let me know. And maybe I'll, I'll throw you a ticket. And if not, then fuck you. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Write an email to portlandvanity at gmail.com with a subject line, Hey, Jonathan, you're a cheap bastard. And maybe he'll sling some yeah. tickets. Yeah. Uh, Blanco, in the, Blanco over in the Key Bank Club. So I was standing in 106 right in front of the drums where I normally do. And I was told Blanco was going to come during the second half and, oh. play the, and play the drums with DNT. So I spent the entire second half just like looking around being like, okay. Where where is he? And much he was to getting all drunk our with Jonathan. He was too so busy. So he never showed up? Yeah, maybe he, he never showed up. Maybe he was super butthurt that he got kicked out of those seats in Key Bank and was like, I don't want to play anymore. And like got cranky. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because he's one of the most recognizable faces on the Portland Timbers, just given his history and success. And the fact that people didn't realize who it was. And he, for his credit, he totally got up and he got right back behind the black line and stood there again. Uh, it was a very funny exchange to, to watch. But so talking about the San Jose match, I feel like, Seeing Obobasi was really fun. It still breaks my heart every time I see him in a San Jose uh, shirt. But I, uh, I really, really wish he was still on this team. Completely. Did agree. you guys? Did you guys read the article no. about him with the interview on MLSsoccer.com? No. What was it? It was a full, like, long, long-form article just about Jeremy Bobasi and his path through MLS thus far. What's he – five years now he's been in MLS? We drafted him in 17, I think, uh, and his struggles breaking into the U.S. men's national team and all that. And when the article got to the part about him talking about his time in Portland and being played out of position, I'm sure everybody listening remembers that time we took Brian Fernandez, a winger and put him up at the striker position and took our striker, Jeremy Abobasi and stuck yep. him in the winger position. Uh, he clearly was unhappy about his time in Portland, but it wasn't like a cranky or a begrudging or upset kind of way it was more like a man this is a bummer like he laments a wasted opportunity in portland and it was really just not the right fit it kind of it's more than a wasted opportunity it's like we sort of ruined his career going forward because he could have if he played his position he was supposed to be playing he would probably be on the national team yeah, like you really felt for the guy. It kind of put a lump in my throat for a second. Of or know, he'd be in guy. Europe. Remember, we were even talking about that back then. He, How, oh, like, you mean was, sort of? You mean exactly what? the thing that Gavin promised him? Yeah, yeah. Oof. We we really ruined his been, career. Yeah, I I think it's fair to say if we we may not have ruined it, but we certainly stunted it and we have impacted it. Like he'll still get paid decent money to play soccer in MLS, but. I don't. I don't. How old is he now? Is he twenty five or twenty six? Twenty four, probably. Well, it's I know, too he is late. He's not older. going to Europe. He's not going to be able to play against internationals and then be able to play on the international on our on the men national team. 
journalism. You know, like uh, journalism. <laughs> Abobasi is 25 years old. So the chances that he goes to Europe uh, would be, I would say, slim to none because he'll be 26. And most strikers in Europe are tapping out at 28 and coming back to the U.S. And he hasn't been, um, you know, good enough to uh, in in the last like few years again, not not his fault. I, I got I got fumbled there because I feel bad about it, like Josh does. I know I predicted a two one loss, but what I wanted was a four three win, and I wanted San Jose's <laughs> three goals to be a Jabo hat trick. That would uh, be so rad. So Jabo didn't really make much of an impact in this match. Nope, Somebody standing with me in one oh six thought he might be kind of holding back a little bit because he doesn't really want to score against the team that brought him into professional soccer. I think it's the fans that he doesn't want to score against the, I mean, he was designed for Portland politically and uh, it was like the exact right fit for this organization. Yet we decided that a cokehead would be a better option at striker. Jesus Christ. Am I wrong? Legend. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> Maybe I could have said that. Jesus in a, in Christ. A, I'm yeah. saying Jesus Christ because the truth hurts, dude. <laughs> yeah, I I would have much rather Abobasi be our main striker and then someone, yeah. like, you know, out on the wing. He was a he's great at hold up play. It's still yeah, just imagine if we had him, goals. Eric and Bill up front. He's more than just, yeah, Bill up front, right? <laughs> he's I'll more than just a great, he's more than, just, oh, nice. He's more than just a great striker. There's something they talk a lot in baseball about you'll have a guy, usually a catcher, who's not putting up great numbers in the batter's box. Maybe he's not, you know, the best arm on the club, but he's that clubhouse personality. He's that glue that holds the locker room mm-hmm. together. He's that. Uh, elder statesman that can bring the youth under his wing. And no, Jabo's not an elder statesman yet, but he has the personality and the charisma and the attitude that you want in a clubhouse. And yeah, now it's gone. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's gone. It's sad. Uh, he got my little Beirut two scarf after that one playoff win in Kansas city. And he just and he uh, left it behind. It's a bummer he, he is not with her. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, this scarf smells like loser. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, one of the things I wanted to note from this match is that I, I think there were tons of great shots from our side and we got the win and we absolutely deserved to win this game. Yeah, we should have won four to one. All right. At a minimum, the, their keeper had some amazing saves. Um, but I I think the goal of the season for the Portland Timbers will end up being what was our first goal in this match, which was the the blooper goal from Nisgoda. What When that <laughs> happened, uh, I didn't even really know how to react. And I, I obviously laughed out loud and was like, what the hell was that? Does that, does that count? Uh, um Clearly it does, but what a what a weird goal. When Charo was interviewed after the match, he was asked, hey, how do you feel about Nizgoda jumping in the way of your shot there and getting the goal? And Diego Chara just kind of smiled and said, strikers are like that. 
<laughs> oh man it was fun we were super fired up for both goals uh for the timbers both times when brianna got up to either a use the restroom or to get a beverage and so uh, we kept encouraging her to continue to leave the 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 social circle so that way uh, we would get more goals but it was uh it was really fun we needed something like that and the uh, like again mentality we're already down one to nothing and to be able to come back from that at home to get the win and to get that game tying goal which is again shouldn't count as a goal i don't know who should like i, I think char should get an assist and probably the goal for the same uh the same thing but it was the continuing to fight and claw back and then obviously to get the winner with uh with mr diron Aspria, who uh, i'm still not high on again this season and would rather take a boba seat but if he's going to give us a game winning goal like obviously i'm pretty pumped well diron yeah. is san jose's kryptonite and i don't really know why uh this is probably a good time to bring this in uh but on reddit sad taylor 3884 asked how do you feel about Aspria taking touches that would normally go to knees Gota? watching the game i felt like diron and his desire to get one-on-one met less touches for the forwards on both his early shots knees Gota was calling for the ball it really did seem like Dyron just wanted to go one on one and just harass the fullbacks as much as he could, and it it almost worked for the entirety of the game, but never fully worked. Did anybody feel frustrated or confident or cheering him on? Like what? What it's do you like think both. when you're watching it? He brings me on an emotional roller coaster that is full of <laughs> wow. He can actually do this to. Why did you just not pass the ball yeah. or what are you trying to accomplish? And it's like, how do you one of, even like have watching... a jersey on right now? Yeah, <laughs> right. I, it's like you're watching someone who has the ability to paint an amazing painting. And then, like, when they turn the painting around, uh, it's just like stick figure nudity. And then you're like, what the fuck, man? Like, we've been here for hours. And then, uh, and then he starts painting again. And then he's like, it's some beautiful something. It's just like, it's, you can, it's like watching someone die in real time and go from like anger to happiness, to sadness, to, you know, memory to whatever. And you're just going like, what the fuck? What, what, what it is an enigma. What it is, is like cooking an absolutely gorgeous pan broiled prime ribeye steak and then putting ketchup on it. (laughs) <laughs> uh is that the 13 pound steak that you guys wanted to order at the the, the whiskey library <laughs> oh the one that was 260 dollars for the dinner yeah 130 ounces yeah. or something what was it Jeez. yeah getting Christ. that and then putting some heinz ketchup all over it well, he, it... Get, he gets into those one-on-ones and he somehow manages to come away with the ball and then like the pass afterwards gets intercepted and it's like you're just running yourself ragged and i don't know like if he's wearing out the fullbacks more then i guess it's worth it but is he i don't even know it just looks like he's so determined to break into his 2021 um espria yeah it, he's going to 
die, make it happen or die trying. One of the things that Richard Fuckley said years ago <laughs> on the, 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 his shit podcast that was when Aspria was down in T2. I don't know if he was recovering from injury or if it was like right when he came back after he, it was Caleb Porter was like, you can go. And it was, he was like, he said he was clearly too good to play in T2 or at that level and was just bossing every single game. And it was like a comedy show, but then he gets to MLS and he just can't find the consistency. And again, last season was amazing. And I wish we had that Aspria, but it was definitely, uh, it's like Aspria of old still scores the goal, still super excited, but man, just, I can't even explain it anymore. Dyron Espria is the Messi of USL. Uh, his backflip celebration yeah. was back. Backflip. I was, uh, yeah. White people taco night. I was, uh, I was drunk and throwing things uh, at that point, so I don't really recall seeing his backflip celebration. He he brought the backflip back, and apparently his mom is not a fan of it. Ooh, really? How do you know That's that? funny. Yeah. It was in an interview like his mom was interviewed and she said, I wish he would stop doing that. It makes me nervous every time. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. Well, first, Bria, I hope he can continue to score goals when when called upon and uh, push us over the playoff line. It's depressing to think that we are in a position in the season where we are, again, below the playoff line. But hopefully, as Josh has mentioned multiple times, a second-half team we are that uh, will we'll turn this around. So, oh yeah, I think there's two other things we need to talk about from this match, and we need to talk about Ivicic and some of the most acrobatic saves that I've seen uh, at Providence Park, uh, and more specifically, the fingertip push for what was like what, what minute was that where it was uh like he's not even a, a really tall guy but where his positioning was just right uh to just get fingertips on it and hit it off the the um, the bar and i just don't uh we we bagged on him quite a bit in the beginning of the season i want to say and even though i don't have the receipts to prove it that i always supported him and said I was pumped he was going to be here and he was going to be the starter. Um, but I don't know if I eventually turned on him years ago no, when he we first said that signed. from the beginning. I was, I'm pretty sure. And if anyone wants to hold me accountable, you're more than welcome to do it. But I've always believed in Eva Chich and you guys are all wrong. And um, I bought one of his signed jerseys from like three years ago when he first joined in one of those stand together auctions. And the only reason I bought it was because no one else had bid on it. And I was like, oh, that's like a, basically the price of the jersey. I'll totally buy it. And uh, so I did and I won. And now that I have it and everyone else can can get on the the Ivicic train that I've always been championing. I think I that Ivi- I think that Ivicic uh, signed kit should be hanging up in soggy bottom. Ooh, I'm not being uh, convinced. I'll go back and find the receipts How of much the free episodes. Shit does Greg want for this fucking bar, basement bar? All the, 
all the free shit I can get. Yeah. I'll Josh, go back and go find the receipts where we were where we were talking about how uh, his time is gone and he hasn't proved himself and he's no better than a replacement level keeper. Uh, and I would have never said that. Fast forward to today, he's statistically the best keeper in MLS. Because MLS so sucks. Crazy. He. I don't, again, journalisms, I'm going to look now to see how old he is. But if he figures this out, um, I'm going to go back to my famous words where if he has like a good season here and then one more good season here, then uh, I, I hope he chooses to stay. But as a keeper, I mean, you can go to your early 30s and still be playing at a higher level. But those saves are what I remember being excited about is the potential for him when he was coming to Portland and uh, and now that he's getting the chance to start, work out the Kings, get like into a flow with the, um, you know, the center backs. It's I mean, damn, like he's fucking good. It's right there in our theme song for insight that excels. You better go somewhere else. So don't look at us and say we were wrong. We <laughs> told you from the get go. We don't know yeah. what we're talking about. So go no. get wrecked. I mean, you know, no, to, I think to be honest, were... he really wasn't that good at the beginning and he's really coming to his own now and hope like he'll probably kill it next season. Now that he knows what he's doing, he needed, he needed like starting time. Yeah. Consistency. It's really hard to come off the bench all the time and then have an amazing game. It was during the MLS's back run where I think he started a couple of games and, you know, had some flashes of brilliance, but not quite a consistent game and again like the saves like there was like two saves where it was like i don't even know how he remotely got that yeah yeah but before moving on uh this was a question that ties into this game so i'm gonna ask it now this was also on reddit uh 19 l scorcher 19 asked what is our best center back duo and i don't know about best center back duo but the last two matches zoop and larry's have done really freaking well. I talked some shit on Larry's for a bit, but he seems to have found I, another gear. We always talk shit on Mabiala, and uh, even though he's my favorite player, and thank Josh for the for the vest, even though it was mine. But whatever, that was hilarious. Uh, I don't, I don't remember stuff like that. Uh, however, uh, th- he is a veteran. He is good at what he does. He knows what to do. He's just two steps too slow in in most settings and as long as he and by focuses most you mean just, every setting yeah and as long as he focuses on defense and doesn't try to get too far up uh then i think he is probably one of the better center backs in mls but the moment he gets the confidence to you know start running at the pitch <laughs> and get farther out of position he doesn't have the speed to get back into where he's supposed to be now if we do recall at the end of last season when we were in the playoffs, and I think he scored two goals in the playoffs, which is crazy. Um, like we were all on the, the Mabiala train and uh, and rooting for him. And again, like he's he's a really good center back. He's very consistent. Do I think he's better than Bill Tuiloma at this point? Oh, which I think is another question from Reddit, which is why is Tuiloma not starting? Uh, I don't recall who asked that question, but it's... Uh, I, I I still think I would have Tuiloma over Mabiala at this point. 
That was from Terror Llama on Reddit. Why the hell isn't Tui starting? So you're saying Bill Tuiloma and Dario Zuperich is our best center back pairing? Yeah, I, I I think so. It's the one that I, I sort of agree with that. What? It's yeah, I, I think at this point I, w- I would start Tui Loma over Mabiala. We're not talking about who starting one over one. We're talking about a pair that work together in tandem. Oh, oh, that's a good clarification. Yes, I think I'm still going to uh, keep my uh, Tui Loma and Zuperich choice. Josh? Yeah, I completely agree. I'm keeping it. Uh, I think, um, call it recency bias, but I think Larry Sinzoop is our best pairing. Uh, I love Bill. I want him to get more minutes. I think he's been really effective coming off the bench, and he's so versatile. He could fill whatever role we need him to fill. So, I Larry Sinzoop. I love the idea. I love the idea of him being a utility player and he can be a defensive midfielder. He can be a striker. He can be a center back. Uh, And of course you would want to bring that type of player in for whatever scenario you're looking for. But I feel like he earned it this season and really showed up in the beginning of the season. He was scoring crazy free kick goals. And again, it was at one point our highest goal score. He was playing internationally for New Zealand uh, even though they unfortunately did not make the World Cup, but he had an excellent showing there, scoring goals as a he played. Yeah, he played so well. Midfield. Yeah, and it's like I just don't understand how someone who's actually on a national team on the Timbers doesn't start when they're playing back in MLS. And if he chooses to leave Portland uh, to go be a regular starter somewhere else, I will not hold it against him. Oh. And Greg. He was at a PDX FC match last season. Yeah, Greg. Yeah. Yeah, Greg. Greg. God, you really Greg this whole thing up, Greg. (sighs) This whole podcast is Greg. Forget it. All right. So, uh, Greg, now that we are back from your restroom break, uh, I believe there was a Ridgewell Needs Go to interview. Did you happen to catch that audio? No, I did not. Oh. I would love to see it. Do you have it? Uh, no, I do not have it, but I will hmm. um, I will look for it somewhere. Apparently, there were jokes being made uh, on the internets that uh, Nis Goda was said he needed an English translator for the questions that Ridgewell were ask- was asking him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I'm not making. I'm not making that up. Um, the that really was uh, uh, apparently. Riggi was asking whatever questions, and I'll see if we can find that audio. So it'll be, uh, it'll be worth it. But apparently, it's supposed to be quite funny in that he just legit had no idea what Ridgewell was saying. Well, does anyone? It was pretty awesome. Uh, back. I forget which match it was, but Fugazi, Fugacha's first match with us where he scored like two goals. He was being interviewed afterwards and Ridgewell asked him a question and you can already tell Fugacha's uh, English was not quite all there. And he just kind of went, eh, uh, 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 and Jake Zivin bailed him out. Jake Zivin bailed him out and went. Oh, it's okay. We don't understand me, him either. And just 
All right, that's that must be where the over under came from. Is what's the over under on whether or not uh, MLS hires Ridgewell to to call games or do player <laughs> interviews? Uh, that that is good, but no, the over under was we were over the pl- playoff line for about twelve hours until the Galaxy won their next uh, match, and then we were back under the playoff line. Uh, well, actually, whoops. Josh, that'll work perfectly with your graphic because there's two yeah, universes. That makes sense. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, you should actually. Greg, uh, do you check need out a twenty-seven inch monitor. I have a 26-inch monitor. Is that good enough? It's one extra inch of monitor. All right, fire. Jonathan, buy me one. No, I have one. What are, the fuck oh, okay. Yeah, I'll about? take it. Why are we talking about monitors? Because I don't have anything else to talk about. Maybe it's um, we could talk about <laughs> transfer window updates or predictions. Uh, all right, well, or let's, uh, let's get into the transfer window uh, updates. <laughs> Um, the king <laughs> of segways. There were a couple of good questions about this on Reddit. Somebody, uh, sweater man zero two five. Should we expect to sign a new DP this upcoming off season? Uh, oh, off. Season? I think we're talking about. Yeah, I think we're talking about this current transfer window that closes August like fourth. Right? Is that what we're talking about? That's what I was talking about. Um, okay, so yeah. Of, I would like to know about what kind of sweaters does he have. Sweaterman sweater man. 025, you're jumping the gun. Do you want to know about this transfer window or the next one? Because And please send things. us pictures of the sweaters. <laughs> yeah. Are they soft uh, sweaters? Are they supple? Like How does it crush sweaters? your body? Yeah. yeah. Is it one of those Somebody- sweaters Rocky was making like 10 years ago uh and somebody else asked the question and this will tie into what i think we're about to talk about uh j richie 70 said when will van rankin be replaced to which i replied dude they just extended his loan i think we know the answer however they have signed a right Uh, uh, is it official yes it is official no, it's not. Where the fuck's is official? Yeah, I saw it was. I where did I? Okay, no. Jesus, you really want me to? It look is this not up? official. Yes. I double checked right before we started recording because look at I am a journalist, Gregory. Journalism, journalism. So apparently, I'm not okay, a okay. What I read is they are finalizing the signing. So it is that hmm. last whisper of doubt before it's officially official. It's official enough. It's a $1.9 million transfer free on a U22 initiative deal to Wayne uh, Juan David Mascara. That was my next guess. <laughs> oh, and this says Villarreal tried to hijack the deal late, but it fails. The kid is yeah. 19. He's made 59 appearances. Medellin? Medellin? I don't know. How to Medellin. Medellin. Is he uh, Colombian? Yeah. Uh, yes, he yes, is he is Colombian. Um, he's, uh, the Timbers are interested. Of course he's Colombian. Yeah, exactly. Or Costa yeah. Rican. Yeah, or so Argentinian. The interesting thing was that the apparently Villarreal did try to to swoop in to get him, but it was only to play on Villarreal B, so their second team. And I think he views uh, using MLS as 
as a stepping stone to be able to, you know, jump to a European league in a couple of years after some good performances. If it's true and we actually do get him before this transfer window closes, I really hope that he, um, uh, you know, comes in and can take the starting right back job. Van Rankin can play on both sides, so he can play as a backup depending on whatever is uh, necessary. But him, he was extended for the rest of this season, as you called out, Greg. And I think that pretty much shows that's the end of the line for him if we if we actually pull this signing off. Not this season, though. What do you mean, that not this season? Well, it's not the Timbers' M.O. to just bring somebody in at the halfway point and... Incorrect! Wrong. Cite your source. Citation fucking Liam, Liam, Liam Ridgewell, Fernando, Adi. Should I go on? Dude, that was a lifetime ago. <laughs> I'm not wrong. That was um, like 10 years before Greg started supporting. Yeah. So, <laughs> and look uh, at him Liam now. Ridgewell was a central defender that was signed during the summer transfer window and came in and immediately impacted the back line. Mm-hmm. He got rid of hair club for men. Uh, Fernando Adi came in during on loan during, I believe the transfer window, uh, summer transfer window and started ripping up goals. Um, so I don't think it's impossible that he steps into play if he's as good as we anticipate him to be. Uh, however, I um, I mean, Van Rankin probably has that position locked down for the rest of the season. It was probably guaranteed something along those lines, um, barring any like, what do you say, 19? disastrous performances. Yeah, that was another interesting thing, too, is I, I was looking at the, the transfers that we had in um, – for the seasons like the David Ajala, I don't know how to say the name appropriately, and I'm sure Steph will correct us. But when you look at his photo on like the Portland Timbers roster, he looks like he's the ball kid in comparison to everyone else on the like who looks like a grizzled, like uh, old dude. And David Ajala looks like he like is getting ready to get his history paper graded in seventh grade. Um, so, uh, it'll be, uh, interesting to see what they can, uh, pull off, but, uh, I think, I don't, I don't well, think we're going to see any beard yet. Oh, dude, like, like not even if like, it's like you, those, someone's dad used to say this growing up. It's like, what do you do? Put milk on your face and have a cat lick it off because, you know, like complaining <laughs> about shaving, like that's exactly what, uh, that guy looks like. But the dude, I'm, I'm 38 and I can't grow a beard. So Aww. Shut up, Josh. <laughs> but you somehow have a hairy butt crack. Go figure. Yep. Um, it's a sign of intelligence. The, yeah. Is yeah, it? I'm, I'm sure that's. In, in the in, on the internet somewhere. Hmm. Well, anyway, so I don't think we will be pulling in anyone who is a DP for this summer transfer window. I have to imagine that we will look to offload people like um, Jimmy Chara and Nizgoda this offseason. Unless, of course, we pull off the miraculous and somehow win MLS Cup, which in that case, I imagine we keep a lot of those players. But I don't there think is either one of no them... Way, there's no way we offload Jimmy. Maybe we buy him down to Tam, but we don't offload him. 
I'm sorry. Well, offload meaning offload not as a DP. They they won't take okay. a DP spot. Oh, I thought yeah. you meant get. Like, yeah, I was about to scream at you after Greg. No, he's a char. Like he's not going to leave. Like no, I'm. What I'm saying is like in order to sign DPS, these go to and Jimmy can't beat them. So yes, to the to the listener question of will we sign anyone this summer window? No, I don't think so. Um, it's kind of a bummer. Uh, I. I really wish we would have seen someone come in that was uh, an absolute game changer. If you guys noticed, Gareth Bale did score his first goal, and he did it like it like know like who it was, was good. Whatever happened to um, what was his name? Like um, number ninety nine. It was like folk folk folk. Bradley Phillips. Yeah. No, um, we had him, and he scored. Fogacha Fugazi. Yeah. Whatever what happened to him? He's on yeah. T2. He is? Oh, he was so good. He, along with our other main man, Hunter Salt, who... Uh, oh, Hunter. I, Tell your mom yeah, I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the child support payments haven't made it. Oh, that was Blake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Blake Bodily. Who's also on T2, I believe. But... So no, I, I think I think the transfer window for us is done once we pull in uh, Mosquera, Mosquera, however you say it. And if if we don't sign anyone, I'm also not surprised. But I do expect at least a new D- DP signing this off season, and it's got to be a game changing attacker. Like we have to get someone who can come in and score 20 goals in a season. That's what that a DP ties- is supposed to do. That ties in perfectly to another Reddit question. Sanj Mahal, with the Mascara signing now confirmed, uh, Jonathan challenges whether or not it's actually been confirmed. What position or role do we need to sign next and how soon? What are your preferences? Play GM. Yeah. Again, so Jonathan. Uh, striker. DP striker who is starting every game who can score 20 goals in a season. God, how are you going to how how are you even going to do that? Uh, you get Jabo to come back. Ooh, girl, he could do oh, it. Oh, look it. at Greg coming up with an amazing idea. <laughs> I would take him back as a as a yeah. DP over he's go to any day of the week. And because like who I, really else? Who else would want to play in this shithole? <laughs> not not the city. What? The not I the mean, city. The the team is fucking shit. No, like the no, front office and everything. Oh, okay. I thought you were reading your Tinder profile for a second. <laughs> what does it say? Stay home if you're thick. Come over if you're sick. Yep. That's uh, it. Other way. Uh, other way around. Stay home if you're sick. Come over if you're thick. Um, uh, or that. Yeah. So I. Yeah, I think striker for me is number one. If. Although shit, now that I'm thinking about it and trying not to answer with my emotional response, because all I want is goals, <laughs> uh, is we probably need another, uh, I would say, center back. We need a center back who can be a. But a your favorite, captain. your favorite center back is playing on the bench. So why do we need another one? Who Ridgewell? <sighs> Look. We are talking about upgrading positions, right? So if you have a DP slot available, you you get what is best to make a team better. I still think that Bill Tuiloma could play uh, really well as a defensive midfielder. I, I I think that you could easily put Bill Tuiloma in that position because his 
like his nature is to play defense, uh, but he can still, you know, head into the attack and be effective. Um, so I would say a striker followed by a center back who is again, like thinking like a Liam Bridgewell type signing comes in, changes the, 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 you know, defensive line, Claudio Bravo's again, still proving to be pretty damn good at left back. Uh, and the, the midfield that we have, I mean, shit, like if we keep, uh, Jimmy Chara, we keep Eric Williamson, you have Paredes, uh, like Mourinho, uh, and you continue down that line. Like, there's tons of people, but I want to see someone who can come in and score goals. I agree. Center back from England that still has a good ten years to play on his career. Um, and then we up front, we could get for not a DP. We could get Cum Dog, and he kills it, dude. You know, he'll score all the goals, and would love to live. I would love him. to see that. Uh, for the Where? listeners who don't know who that is and think you're making a sexual reference, please explain who that is. Jason Cumdog is um, – oh, shit. What was his last name? Cummings? Cummings. Yeah. He was um, – he played for Shrewsbury a few seasons ago as a striker, and he killed it. He would run around with his shirt off. He's everything we need. Where is he now? I think his person – I don't even know. I think he's in like in a division like four team or five team. The last I checked, the blue square. his personality, he was very uh, eccentric. And even from the stuff that I watched where uh, like total clown and uh, like confidence that he probably doesn't deserve to have. But I honestly would love to see him try to try his uh, stick in Portland. That'd be awesome. He plays for Dundee. What league is that? in? Dumb. Oh, Central Coast Mariners. Where the hell is that? Australian. Yeah, dude. He's like basically playing at T2 equivalent in terms of. Uh, he, he's basically on PDXFC, just on a different continent. Yeah. <laughs> he was in Scotland. So yeah. And then he went to Australia. We need to bring him to America. Let's um, let's get this. Let's make this happen. Come dog to PDX. Start Come the hashtag. Come dog to PDX. Next, Greg, what's your idea? All right. My idea for who do we need to sign? Yeah, Yeah. DP. Other Uh, than a new coach. Other than a new coach. Oh, I like our coach. I don't like our our FO. Um, A true number 10. A true Valeri successor. That's what I want to see. Drogba to come out of retirement. We thought it was going to be Blanco... Blanco shows flashes of brilliance at that, uh, but it's clear that he works better when he has somebody to collaborate and be creative with, where Valeri was better at just creating something out of nothing. I would like a true creative playmaking number 10. I like that idea. Yeah, but anyway... Should we move on to uh, yeah. reader mail? I guess. I mean, we kind of did a lot of it. So, is there anything that we? There didn't was a really lot of questions on Reddit. Did you guys necessary? pick? Did you guys pick out any like that stood out to you guys? No. The ones that I picked, I, I mentioned, were ones that I've already said during the the recording of said podcast, where I was like, "Oh, that listener said this or asked this." 
One that's particularly fun, Nick Rath asked, what do you guys think is the greatest goal ever scored by and against the the Timbers? Yeah, that was the one that stood out to me, too. Uh, Oh, you're right. His favorite goal for the Timbers was Dyron's 2015 playoffs home leg versus Dallas. Uh, with Audi to Will Johnson 2014 versus Whitecaps getting an honorable mention. And his favorite goal <sighs> against was the Frederico Higuain chip of May 2014. You guys have favorites? I have to. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that Espria goal. That is like one of the, uh, the if anyone's ever watched that, I could you could watch it on repeat because I it defied physics how yeah he scored that goal the ball moved in a way that i don't understand how he got his foot to do that i don't think it was on purpose i think he was trying to do whatever and it just like you know in the magic of the moment and scored that beautiful goal <laughs> it was you could watch it on repeat someone turned it into a uh, into a cartoon at one point and it was it was brilliant i can't remember where that link was and then my honorable mention is from that same playoff run which was the Arudi goal, which got us to penalties against, you know, sporting Kansas city, which is like one of the most, I think iconic moments. That that was a great goal at, at Providence park. The latest goal ever scored in MLS history. You mean? Yes. Was that? And it was dude. And it was uh, like, you know, it was in like the 119th minute. It was unreal. Yeah. What, What about like Polo's goal? For the MLS Cup, we don't talk about Polo anymore. We and did. Polo never scored in the Cup. Shit, not him. Who the fuck Mora. scored that goal? Oh, Mora. I'm Mora. so out of it. Yeah, that goal was like deep. That was like a second left. Uh I mean, again, also, but it was in, I, but it was in like the 96th minute, not the 119th. Right, but it was still like end of the game. It was like it, we were waiting. It was about to Josh, be. Josh. Is 96 less than 119? Okay, that's not how that works, because that's (laughs) extra time. (laughs) I think what Josh is saying, though, he's talking about it, not about the time, but about the how iconic that goal was. I mean, that the stadium erupted when Morris scored that goal. I chucked beers higher than I knew I could, and everyone was going fucking wild it was amazing yeah remember greg i gave you even a high five yeah you did my pick is blanco's goal in 2018 against uh sporting kansas city in the playoff run well i don't remember that describe it because you're a bad fan link yeah, do you have a link that you can yes, I'll get you flash a link. to my brain? Jesus Christ. Mine is, I know it's really cheesy, but it's Espria's bicycle kick, like, last season. That thing was so great, because I spent the whole season screaming bicycle kick. So when you, you know, when that shit happens, it's fucking amazing. And that, and I can't part about that way. What? I say the key part about that bicycle kick was that it was self-created. Uh, he yeah. went and got the ball uh, and didn't give up. And then when I think it was the keeper had like not a turnover, but I can't remember the exact play, but I, like how far away he was from the goal to be able to do that and just get it to go. It was absolutely phenomenal. And I couldn't tell you uh, an opponent's goal against us because I just straight blocked that shit out. 
You know, if I was watching highlights, I would maybe remember, but like, I really block all that stuff out. Yeah, I, I generally do as well. Uh, I was trying to think of a goal where I left deflated after a game and it really, I, I, I don't try to remember those. Um, but now that Greg has sent the the Blanco goal, let's let's go back to what he talked about. And I do remember this goal because I, I remember was that at goal. That game. Um, how how are you at away that game? at Kansas? You were um, in Kansas did, City for that. I was. Um, Holy I did shit. all of the away goal the away games for that playoff run, um, uh, except for the first round against I think it was Dallas. That's the only one I didn't make, but it was that. Um, uh, Seattle and um, uh, and then away Atlanta for the cup final and I was at all three of those games and that nice. was a screamer and we were being so this is the only time that I was in the, the Timbers army um, prior to bringing my auntie and it was we were so loud and so not obnoxious but just louder than every other fan they call it the near us. bend it like Blanco goal uh, it was f- unbelievable and uh, that was actually the game where uh, Abobasi got my LB2 scarf because I threw it onto oh, the really? field because we started celebrating <laughs> yeah oh there you are yeah so Greg Totally, totally fair. I absolutely remember that goal. And it was uh, that it's very similar to the Espria goal in terms of audacity and the way the ball moves. And uh, that's I remember saying to my buddy, Adam Gobin, who is a season ticket holder in Atlanta, that when uh, it was like the, they had like released the hype video, like lead up to the playoffs and it showed that video. And I was like, you better watch out, man. Blanco really could be a European star if it didn't go sour for him in Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, I have a really hard time picking a best goal against the Timbers because all goals against the Timbers are terrible. I could very easily think of the goals I hate the most. Uh, the first one that comes to mind was Castellanos's goal in the most recent MLS Cup because that Ooh. was a goddamn dribbler that Steve Clark 100% should have been able to keep out. Yeah, uh, but he was already checked out. But he is a goddamn choker who absolutely chokes in MLS Cup, which we have to thank really? and hate and hate him for. So, uh, speaking of which, it was amazing when we played Houston last month where we uh, did the Stephen Clark baby shark chant after he gave up a goal. That was amazing. <laughs> um, the only other question on Reddit that I really like because it might spark some good conversation. Uh, Life is a Camino asks, where do we benefit most from Eric Williamson playing as a box to box eight or a playmaking ten? I would like to say he's better as a box to box eight. hundred percent. Totally agreed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. I thought it was gonna be a good conversation, but it's not. We're all in agreement. Uh, that's your no, answer. I mean, the Camino. Well, he's not. Yeah. A 10. He's not. He doesn't have the, the, the flair of a Valeri. He has the confidence of a Nagby. And I yeah. think that's the difference between him and it's like he can do things in front of the goal he's a but his like, ability 
yeah, like he can control the ball. He can control the flow. He'll make a, a crazy run, but he doesn't have the flair to curl this like, you know, bending shot. That's something that Valeri could have done or find that exact right pass at the absolute last second. But he can boss a midfield like nobody else. Yeah, totes. And we don't have to talk about this, but uh, Nick Rath asked, why is Nagby the most overrated timber of all time? Oh, <laughs> come on. Yes, oh. I love that. Uh, no, I, I disagree he's pure with that. Pure shit, pure shit. Look at oh, him now. Jesus. He's doing nothing. Jesus Christ. He won another MLS Cup. Um, so, <laughs> By yeah, himself? Yeah. How, uh, yeah, it, actually, he well, it was called the Darlington Nagbees. He would have won two more, except the fucker caught COVID. So he couldn't play in the last one. <laughs> oh, but he's still like, I mean, he was there for the lead up to that. So he obviously he, what, what he won in Portland, he won in Atlanta. Atlanta and he won in Columbus. I mean, that's three yeah. MLS Cups, three different teams. And as a starter, like you think that has nothing to do with him? Josh? Yeah. Well, I I think he's shit. <laughs> I'll just leave he, it at that. Um I think Eric Williamson is a better offensive player than Darlington Nagby, but I think they can control a midfield uh, and set pace and tempo for an entire game. And uh, I am I am excited to see what Williamson can do while being healthy for the second half of this season, and uh, hopefully he can you know turn that around. Yeah. Well, uh, now we actually yeah, need Darlington. Him. Yeah, Darlington Nagby is not shit. He's just. He doesn't have the amazing. He's goal just not good at soccer. He does. God damn it! Um, to qu- he, uh, uh, you go, you go, Greg, because Josh is to quote to quote my friend, and a lot of people are going to stop being my friend when I say he's my friend. But to quote my friend Sean Burns, Nagby was great exactly what he was expected to do, and that was carry the ball ten to twenty yards upfield and get the ball to Valeri. Eric is exactly that but he will also create more goals and assists than Nagby will. What? Right. Why don't we like Sean Burns? I like Sean Burns. Yeah. Oh, I do too, but some people don't, and that's okay. I don't like you, Greg. Oh. Oh, fair enough. I don't like me either, usually. Yeah. I don't like Randy. <sighs> oh, my God. He's the worst. It's so nice him not being on this thing. I know. Feels like there's. And we really do miss it. Like we need him on this. <laughs> it, it's really funny how dependent we all are on each other to make this work. So except without me, it's me. I, I'm I'm sort of useless. No, we you. Well, I mean, yes, We're, but no. So you're useless, uh, but you serve a very important part of the podcast. And it was the, I think, more awkward silence the last two episodes without you than has ever existed since the first episode, because you can't deal with awkward silence and you'll start talking about bicycles at no for no reason. That's and I'm right. like, oh, shit, clearly conversation is over, so we need to move on. And so you serve a very important piece. It's just not so valuable we, in terms of the actual content. Are we ready to talk about predictions for the upcoming matches? We are. Yeah, I think so. One thing I want to say before we jump into predictions is we love the engagement on Reddit. It makes it much more fun. and It makes us think about things before we get on here and talk about uh, nothing. So 
love the the comments if you have any more please keep sending them our way and we will continue to address them with journalisms go rolling into the predictions i'm not going to read the whole thing i'm really sorry it's an amazing question but it's like the question is longer than a receipt from a rite aid and if you've ever bought a chapstick at Rite Aid and gotten a paperback novel of a receipt. You'll know what I'm talking or about. Seven Longer trees than for, Greg's for one chapstick. Drawn out talking. DB, fuck you, Josh. DB0606. Uh, the very first paragraph of his very long question was uh, the crumbing stretch of games, including Loons, Nashville, and Dallas, is much spicier than a recent stretch of games. Do the Timbers have it in them to get some results? So, sorry, DB. We gotta cut it short, but uh, rolling off of that, what are our predictions for the Minnesota we, and Nashville matches? If we, I liked his um, question, and if we actually get some positive results out of these games, we're in we're in a really good spot for the what? the next few months. Why do you assume? Actually, it's a you patriot. I thought you said you assigning gender, Josh. You piece mm. of shit. Dole okay. Joshy hate crime strikes again. Look at me, hating <laughs> crimes. So, uh, actually, Josh, this is a—it's not a fair question to ask you anymore, and I'm sorry. We're going to get to prediction. Well, first off, Greg, first on. off, let me get back to this. It's Reddit. They're all males. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next. <laughs> okay. On uh, July 11th, one of the questions that we received from Reddit was points through august uh and so we now have a couple of games that we've already discussed um from july 11th to now so you know some of the results but randy predicted 17 points greg predicted 20 and i predicted 21 what did uh what what do you think in terms of uh, total possible points through august how how many games do we have like five it's like seven, uh, I will... and it was an unfair advantage because you already know the results of three of them. Yeah. Well, I would still say I think we're going to win the next two, so at least it's six. You think we're going to win Minnesota away? I think we will. Okay. What's the scoreline? I think we're going to win one nil. That is bold. Uh, that was nine games total, and you know the results for two of them. Okay, I think we're going to – what are the next games? It's Minnesota, Nashville, and then what? Dallas. Uh, Dallas, Toronto, Sporting Kansas City, Seattle, okay. and Austin. Okay, so I think we're going to win everything except Toronto where we're going to tie. Toronto's like bottom of the entire league, dude. We're, okay, have you seen yeah. our history with – shit teams (laughs) all right that's fair that's fair Uh, all right so we'll i will figure out what those points were so you're saying we're winning every game even though we already lost one um and no it's yeah i think because this is when we shine this is when we shine i'll take it every year i like your enthusiasm so second half of the uh, season josh so minnesota away you picked a one to zero win one nil yeah yeah greg uh, once again, Randy totally fucked me because I would say a 3-2 loss. So I'm going to say it's a 3-1 loss in Minnesota. Ooh, 3-1 loss. One. Really? Loss. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't give that to uh, Steph. I, 
I am going to go with a two to zero win. We don't have a good record at Allianz Field. Like, we've yeah. never won there. Who what? cares? There's always a first. We've won there. We've won in have Minnesota. We? I thought, didn't we didn't, win that one? Didn't we beat them maybe? their opening game? Okay, I think we might have beat them in the Open Cup, but not in League. Journalism. No, they're, they're opening, they're opening MLS game. That was in Portland. Yeah, that was No, the Portland. one at their stadium. Shit, it was in Portland. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. All right, <sighs> so we have two people calling wins, me and Josh, and two people calling losses, uh, uh, Randy and Two Greg. losers. <laughs> yep. No support for the team. You should all J&J be J&J are always supporter. right. Mm-hmm. JJ, bitch. All right. Yeah. So – Nashville away, uh, which is Wednesday, uh, August third at seven thirty p.m. Oh, we didn't say the time for the for the Minnesota away, which is this Saturday at noon Pacific. So no make sure you tune in from Next. the soggy bottom. But Nashville Next. away, Randy has uh, chosen a two to one win. I chose and three one Josh. win. Woo. Three one. Yeah. Greg, you should definitely go in there and I'll go last so that way you're not always picking last and getting like the shittiest of all the scores. A 2 0 win. You could pick Ooh. a win. We could all pick the same imaginary score line. I am still in my cracker mode and saying 4 to 2 win. Oh, damn. So, mm-hmm. nine matches, three points per match. 27 so points. 27, 27 total points. I'm you have predicted five points. You have predicted every match so far was going to be a win. What upcoming matches are going to be losses? Me? No, jo- uh, Jonathan. Oh. Cuz all I'm I, I picked 21 points. Yeah, I know, but you've predicted like the last four to be wins. But I've been so, right because I'm on the moral high ground of being a fan. I'm just calling. I'm calling out your bullshit on the 21 point finish because you think we're going to finish with 28. All right, Uh, we can move on. No, 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 no. Now that I feel like I thought you were calling out Josh, and I wasn't prepared to defend myself because I'm a genius. So, uh, what's your question again? (laughs) The question is: If anyone needs to purchase a Harley, you can get one from my dad at Volcano Harley in Gladstone. (laughs) His name is Mark. It wasn't a real question. I was flinging you shit. It's like you, oh, okay. you can't say you can't say we're gonna drop seven points if you predict we're gonna win everything. Yeah, that's all I was saying. It's not a. It's not about the results. It's about my overall prediction of twenty one points. So I am choosing to say we're gonna win, even if we lose. It's still gonna work in my favor, and I'm gonna win the overall points uh, contest for July and August. All right, fair enough. Cool. What's the closing yeah. song, Greg? Closing song is by the Dingies. Song is called Spray Paint. We won't carry over. Nobody knows it, and Randy hates it. Yeah, I was just well, going to say, wait, this sounds like something Randy would pick. Uh, like, it's some obscure 1960s punk that, like, he found in a on the side B uh, of something stupid, and yeah. now everyone's got. This is the first it. punk band out of Minneapolis in the late 70s. It's obscure yeah. well, 2001 punk. Why did you pick it? Because uh, I like it. Well, how did you hear about it? 
Yeah, what's up? I heard about it when it came out. I bought a, a was that at the Christian CD. Science Store? Uh, col- close. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh. How? Where? And how do they reach us? We have a playlist of all the kick-ass songs we play on Spotify. Search Radio Free PVSP to find that list on Spotify. If you would like to email us, our email address is portlandvanity at gmail.com. If you would like to leave us a voicemail, our phone number is 503-583-4235. If you have Facebook, our thing on there is portland vanity even though i don't think we've ever put something on there um our twitter is pdx vanity soccer and our instagram which i never update is also portland vanity other than that really reach out to us on what's what reddit we're really good on reddit right now because that's what greg likes he he got the app for his android (laughs) and that's it my ex-wife is calling, so I'm probably going to have to pick this up. All right. Hey, Josh. Bye, End of episode. Celebrate down Cause I can't a good way
I'm not sure I know what to keep going. Is this a... Okay, so they're always nice, and we, um, my client wanted custom ones made. So I found some, like, Israeli artist that makes them, and we paid the guy $10,000 to make a few of them. And they got delivered today, and they look like a fucking child made them. <laughs> How... I am so pissed. You have no fucking clue. So what do you do? Um, I don't know because he's already paid and he's going to have to redo them. And I don't know if he's going to be able to, you know, like if he doesn't have the money to redo them, what's he going to do? Sounds super uh, awesome. I, yeah. I'm not, I'm really not sure what to do with that. Uh, so you hired a dude to make something for a client and now this guy screwed it up and you don't want to deliver it to your client or they already did? No, like, they oh, were already delivered. So now I'm like, they're like, well, we're not using that. So what are we going to do? And I'm like, I have no clue. So I'm about, I'm like, I have pictures and I'm about to write like a letter to him and just because I want everything in writing going forward. And I need to tell him that he has to fucking redo them all and see what happens. But like this took a year. So that's really annoying too. The Greg of monsters. We have no content uh, for you, just so you know. Yeah, there's, I asked Josh casually to uh, come over and take off his shirt, and then it just kind of went downhill from all. Actually, it went downhill right when you left. You were still there for that. Um, yeah. So good luck <laughs> at using any of that for bloopers. Sweet. All right. Back did you wash track. your hands? Of course I did. Doesn't sound like it. Mm, yeah. Did. How does it sound like anyway. I washed my hands? Do you have a bathroom downstairs? No, I went upstairs. Look at me. I have multiple floors. Ooh. Didn't do us so rich. Hurdy her. <laughs> Double penetration. Oh my god. Um, What's the time stamp on that? 101. 101105. Uh, What's wrong yeah. with that? Uh,. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was actually, as we continue on this tangent, that was when the Timbers, who was it in charge of their Twitter? That it was like, name something. Uh, yeah, something at work uh, that can be construed sexually and is like, we have two open DP slots. Um, uh, and it was one of the <laughs> funniest, yeah, funniest Amazing. things I've ever witnessed. But I don't listen to this fucking podcast. I have no clue what's going on. <laughs>